0: Section ninety seven of Mysteries of London Volume Four. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Mysteries of London Volume Four by George W. M. Reynolds, Mr. Heathcote and His Clerk. It was five o'clock in the morning of the day after the interview described in the last chapter and mr heathcote was seated at the writing-table in his private office he was busily occupied with papers for his was a disposition that could not endure idleness even when vexed and annoyed as he was at present it was impossible for him to remain inactive had he been an author he would have eclipsed walter scott or paul de in the number of his works there was a deep gloom upon his brow and a sinister light in his restless eyes as he bent over the parchment deeds which he was inspecting and from time to time he cast an anxious glance towards the door at length he rang the bell and the junior clerk answered the summons has not mr green made his appearance yet demanded the lawyer with an emphasis on the last word no sir he has not was the reply given timidly for the young man beheld both the gloom on the brow and the gleaming in the eye not yet ejaculated heathcote fiercely and frowning in his own peculiar fashion at the same time nor sent either he added interrogatively no sir responded the junior clerk this is strange very strange murmured the lawyer he can't be ill poor devils like him cannot afford to be unwell but if he were if he did happen to be so indisposed that he couldn't shut his eyes to the fact he would have sent word you know where he lives demanded mr heathcote abruptly addressing himself to the young man yes sir was the answer then go to his lodgings directly exclaimed the lawyer in an imperious tone and if you find him at home tell him that i am very angry indeed at his absence should he be ill you must desire him to get out of bed take a cab and come to me at once to give an account of his conduct two guineas a week indeed to a fellow who takes it into his head to be ill and with this humane reflection mr heathcote was about to resume his work while the young clerk was turning towards the door when mr green suddenly made his appearance oh you are come at last sir are you cried the lawyer glancing up at the clock a quarter past five and the office hours are from nine till six what the deuce does this mean sir i had a little business to transact sir answered the head clerk closing the door by which the junior functionary had just evaporated a little business repeated mr heathcote staring at the man in unfeigned amazement for he could not possibly conceive how mr green should have any affairs of his own to attend to yes sir a little business returned the head clerk who though now feeling comparatively independent of his master could not shake off an obsequiousness of manner which had become habitual to him is it strange sir that for once in a way i should have taken the holiday which was certain to be refused if solicited beforehand have you been drinking mr green or are you mad to talk to me in this style demanded heathcote surveying his clerk with more than usual attention i've had nothing to drink sir beyond a single glass of sherry and i beg to inform you that i am not crazy answered the head clerk growing a trifle bolder a glass of sherry repeated heathcote again evincing the most unfeigned astonishment how is it possible sir that you can indulge in such extravagances and pay for them honestly a few days ago you ventured to appear before me in a new suit of clothes with the gloss actually on them whereas your regular office suit had not been threadbare more than two years let me tell you sir that i take note of these things i observe the most minute symptoms of change in a man's character or habits and no one can deceive me mr green no one can deceive me repeated the lawyer looking hard at the individual whom he thus addressed as much as to say that he had suspected something wrong and was now certain of it well sir and who has attempted to deceive you asked green in a bolder tone than had ever yet characterized his language when in the presence of his hitherto dreaded master who has attempted to deceive me vociferated heathcote his lips becoming white and quivering with rage you sir you have made the endeavor you are making it now but it will not do mr green it will not do take care of yourself new suits of clothes sherry a day's absence without leave and even without the humble apology that should mark your return all this is suspicious sir very suspicious let me tell you suspicious of what demanded the head clerk approaching mr heathcote's desk and looking steadily across it at that gentleman that you were either bribed in my brother's affair or that you have robbed me was the immediate answer you are a liar sir a deliberate liar exclaimed green now beginning to experience the first feelings of exaltation at the independence which he was enabled to assert the lawyer could make no reply he was amazed bewildered stupefied yes sir continued green his voice now losing all its obsequiousness and his manner rising completely above servility you are a liar if you say that i robbed you where was the chance even if i had possessed the inclination of pilfering even a single farthing you know that you reckon up the office money to the very last penny and that if i tell you how a box of lucifers or a piece of tape or any other trifling article was required you were always sure to say we were very extravagant in that front office these are truths, sir and therefore how dare you pretend to believe in the possibility of my robbing you mr green mr green exclaimed heathcote absolutely frightened at his head-clerk's manner what is the cause of all this excitement the lawyer was frightened we say because his conscience told him that something had occurred to place mr green upon a more independent footing with regard to him and the greater became such independence on the part of one who had long been his tool and instrument the less secure was the lawyer himself in his own position in fact when a wretched being who had long grovelled in the dust at his feet suddenly started up and dared to look him in the face it was a sign that the fabric of despotism was shaken and was tottering to its fall mr heathcote felt all this and he trembled for a moment trembled with a cold and death-like shudder as he beheld his clerk's eyes glaring savagely at him and it was under the influence of this sensation that he uttered the words which by proving his own weakness gave green additional courage you ask what is the cause of all this excitement exclaimed the latter and yet only a few minutes have elapsed since you dared to accuse me of having robbed you a man who has committed a forgery may very well be suspected of theft returned heathcote who having recovered his presence of mind answered with his usual brutality of manner and what may you not be accused of then demanded green scarcely able to restrain himself from flying like a tiger-cat at his master for what have you not committed by heaven mr green this shall last no longer ejaculated heathcote starting from his seat you are drunk sir you have been drinking i tell you come be reasonable he continued almost in a coaxing tone go home quietly and be here early in the morning to make an apology for your present bad conduct i promise to forgive you forgive me repeated green forgive me he exclaimed again with a chuckling laugh which did mr heathcote harm to hear it i have done nothing sir that needs forgiveness and if i was to kick you thrice round this room where you have tyrannized over me for twelve years it would only be paying back a minute portion of all i owe you mr green you will provoke me to do something desperate retorted heathcote in a low thick tone as he approached his head clerk to read in that individual's countenance the solution of his present enigmatical conduct you will provoke me i say and then you will be sorry for your rashness consider reflect in another month's time the thousand pounds must positively be forthcoming will you replace it for me demanded green abruptly you know what i have always said yes and i now know likewise what you have always meant interrupted green darting a look full of malignant hate and savage spite at the lawyer for twelve long years sir i have been your slave your vile and abject slave i was a criminal it is true when i first came to you for i had committed that forgery which you detected and which placed me in your power but i had still the feelings of a man whereas you soon imbued me with such ideas and reduced me to such a miserable state of servitude that i have wept bitter bitter tears at the thought of my own deep degradation i could have lied for you i could have committed perjury for you i could have performed all the meannesses and condescended to do all the vile and low trickery which form part and parcel of your business but when i found myself used as a mere tool and instrument and treated like a spaniel without ever having a single kind word uttered to cheer me beneath a yoke of crushing despotism you have had two guineas a week paid with scrupulous regularity interposed heathcote who from the tenor of the observations which green had just made began to fancy that he was only excited by liquor to make vague and general complaints but that he was still as much in his power as ever two guineas a week repeated the man indignantly you are always dinning that fact in my ears but heaven knows that were my salary six times as much it would not repay me for all the cruelty i have endured at your hands nor for all that one is obliged to see and go through while in your employment i had some tender feelings once but they have long ago been stifled by the horrible spectacles of woe and misery which have been forced upon my sight and which have sprung from your detestable covetousness i have seen children starving mothers weeping over their dying babes while the fathers and husbands have been languishing in jail yes in the debtors jail where you have thrown them and where some of them have died cursing the name of james heathcote yes sir i have seen all this and what is more ay and worse too far worse i have been an involuntary instrument as your clerk in causing much of that awful misery the mere thought of which almost drives me mad talk of the black turpitude of murdering with a dagger or a pistol why it is a mercy to the slow lingering piecemeal murders which you and men of your stamp are constantly perpetrating for as true as there is a god in heaven there are more slow and cold-blooded murders committed in one year by a certain class of attorneys than are recorded in the annals of newgate for a whole century heathcote's fears had all returned by rapid degrees as his head clerk turning full upon him levelled at his head the terrible charges summed up in the preceding speech but when these last words fell upon his ear he grew ghastly pale and staggering back a few paces sank into his chair for he knew how sternly true was the appalling accusation ah well may your eyes glare upon me in horror resumed green but it is high time that you should hear a few home truths even though they come from such lips as mine for you doubtless think that it is all very fine to issue a writ refuse delay decline everything in the shape of compromise and then seize upon the goods of your victim or clap him into jail but it is we who sit in the outer office we clerks who can best penetrate into the effects of such a heartless course when we see the door open and the miserable wretch come in with care as legibly written on his countenance as if it were printed in letters on a piece of paper and when he comes crawling up to our desk as if his utter self-abasement would be so pleasing to us clerks as to induce us to say a good word in his behalf to you then when he asks in a tone of anguish which is ready to burst forth into a flood of tears do you think it likely that mr heathcote will give me time it is then i say that the real feelings of such poor wretches transpire and the murderous effects of the harsh proceedings adopted by lawyers of your stamp become painfully apparent to what is all this to lead mr green demanded heathcote in a low and subdued tone for it struck him that such a long address could only be meant to herald some evil tidings to which his clerk in the refinement of vindictive cruelty sought to impart a more vivid poignancy by prefatory delays to what is all this to lead repeated green why to your utter confusion black-hearted old man that you are think of the conversation that took place between us a few days ago did i not then tell you that there were many deaths to be laid to your door and i was right you sent off thompson to prison his wife and child perished and he cut his throat you are the murderer of those three human beings the man beale whom you likewise threw into Whitecross street died in the infirmary of that gaol died of a broken heart sir and you were his murderer hundreds and hundreds of deaths have you caused in the same way hundreds and hundreds of legal murders green mr green gasped the lawyer writhing as if he were a dwarf in the grasp of a giant then wondering why he should thus put up with the insolence of his clerk and falling back upon the belief that the man could not possibly conduct himself in such a way unless he were under the influence of liquor he suddenly started from his seat exclaiming by heaven sir you have gone so far that all hope of forgiveness on my part is impossible i care nothing for your pardon and shall not even condescend to solicit it replied mr green in a tone of complete and unmistakable defiance i am going to leave you at once leave me ejaculated heathcote who had hitherto believed it to be impossible that his clerk could throw off the chains of servitude and thraldom which had been so firmly riveted upon him leave me he repeated yes oh yes he added his countenance assuming an expression of the most diabolical sardonism. yes you shall indeed leave me but it will be to change your quarters for a cell in newgate perhaps you will be the first to repair thither said green with a chuckle that seemed to grate upon the lawyer's ears like the sound emitted by the process of sharpening the teeth of a saw in less than two hours mr green clarence villiers shall be made acquainted with the fact that the thousand pounds have long ceased to be in the bank of england exclaimed heathcote the thousand pounds are there sir yes there at this very minute answered green in a tone of assurance which convinced heathcote that the man was speaking the truth and what is more sir mr villiers knows all and has forgiven all this morning did i replace the money this afternoon did i repair to brompton to throw myself at the feet of mr villiers confess everything and implore his pardon oh sir he is a generous man and he forgave me you have been guilty of a terrible breach of trust nay a heinous crime mr green he said but you have atoned for your turpitude it is our duty in this world to forgive Where true contrition is manifested and i will take care to hold you harmless in this case should it ever transpire that the money had been sold out i wept while i thanked him and i said but i have a bitter enemy who is acquainted with the whole transaction what can be done to save me from disgrace should he inform against me he cannot prove that you forged my name responded villiers i alone can prove that and under present circumstances i would not for worlds inflict an injury upon you i again thanked him and took my leave you now perceive mr heathcote that so far from being in your power you are entirely in mine the other day you told me that you would crush me as if i were a worm that you would send me to newgate that you would abandon me to my fate and that you would even help to have me shipped for eternal exile i thank you for all your kind intentions sir added green in a tone of bitter satire and i mean to show my gratitude by exposing you and your villainy to the utmost of my ability and what injury can you do me reptile exclaimed heathcote quivering with rage what injury repeated green i can ruin you he added speaking loudly and triumphantly oh i am acquainted with far more of your dark transactions and nefarious schemes than you can possibly imagine the deeds that are contained therein he added pointing to the japanned tin boxes are not sealed books to me i have read them all yes all and have gleaned enough information to enable me to bring upon you such a host of ruined and defrauded clients that you would never dare to face them even for a moment ah you may turn pale as death and your eyes may glare with rage but it is not the less true that i hold you in my power if you destroy those deeds you then annihilate the only documents which prove your title to the vast property which you have accumulated if you do not destroy them you leave in existence the damning evidences of your villainy at this very moment there are old men and old women struggling on in the bitterest penury and cursing the life from which they have not the moral courage to fly through the medium of suicide some of them in the workhouse others dependent on the bounty of relatives and all these have been plunged into this appalling misery by you but every step you took to enmesh and ensnare them every scheme you devise to get them completely into your power so that you might wrench from them the last acre of their lands and the last guinea of their fortunes all all has been illegal fraudulent extortionate vile oh it will alone prove a fine harvest for me when i again take out my certificate to practise as an attorney which i am about to do it will be a splendid commencement i say to take up the causes of all those persons and compel you to render an account to your ruined clients this sir is what i am about to do and now it shall be war between us war to the very knife. and ere many months have elapsed you will bitterly repent your conduct to one who only asked for a little kindness in return for his faithful far too faithful services having thus spoken mr green abruptly quitted the office leaving james heathcote in a state of mind not even to be envied by a criminal about to ascend the steps of the scaffold section ninety seven